Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. They will come from east and west, from north and south, and sit at table in the kingdom of God. This is the Lord's table, and our Savior invites all who trust in him to share in this feast, which he has prepared and serves as its host. So taste and see that the Lord is good, and happy are those who find refuge in God. Come, let us worship God. Hear these words from Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into God's presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to the Lord with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In God's hand are the depths of the earth. In the heights of the mountains are the Lord's also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land which his hands have formed. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Please stand and join us.
You may be seated. One of the ways in which God invites us into relationship is through prayer. And we often do pray prayers of thanksgiving to God for all the work God has done on our behalf. We often pray prayers of supplication, asking for God to help us, to work with us, to do more things for us. Yet there's another kind of prayer, a prayer of adoration, where we lift up our hearts in praise to God for who God is. Would you please join your hearts with me in this prayer of adoration? This one is written by St. Francis of Assisi, gently adapted. Let us pray. You are holy, Lord, the only God and your deeds are wonderful. You are strong. You are great. You are the Most High. You are Almighty. You, Holy Father, are King of heaven and earth. You, Holy Mother, gather us together under your wings. You are three and one. Lord God, all good. You are good. All good. Supreme good. Lord God, living and true. You are love, you are wisdom, you are humility, you are endurance, you are rest, you are peace, you are joy and gladness, you are justice and moderation. You are all our riches, and you suffice for us. You are beauty. You are gentleness. You are our protector. You are our guardian and defender. You are our courage. You are our haven and our hope. You are our faith, our great consolation. You are our eternal life, great and wonderful Lord, God Almighty, merciful Savior. Amen. i 
Friends, Jesus summarized the 613 commands in the Torah and boiled them down to two, to love God fully with our whole selves and our neighbors as ourselves. And if we're honest, I think we all admit uh, we fail on both counts. So let us approach God now in a time of silent individual confession. Let us pray. Amen. Our assurance of forgiveness today, friends, comes from Exodus chapter 34, and it's such an important statement about who God is that it's quoted eight times, eight more times in the Hebrew Old Testament. It comes in a place where Moses has just requested of God on Mount Sinai that God show Moses God's glory. And instead, God reveals his character to Moses. And this statement emphasizes, friends, that God's merciful, gracious, loving, faithful, and forgiving nature prevails over God's anger and judgment. Anger comes slowly. It's not a continuous aspect of God's nature. Instead, it is our holy God's just response to specific situations. Now, earlier in Exodus, we learned the name of God as the verb to be, and a shortened form of which is Yahweh, meaning I am. And according to Old Testament scholar John Durham, the Lord answers Moses by repeating his name, Yahweh, Yahweh, meaning I am, and this is how I am. In other words, this is my character. So here are these iconic words. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means clearing the guilty, but visiting the iniquity of the parents upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. He said, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, I pray, let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. And the Lord replied, I hereby make a covenant. Before all your people, I will perform marvels such as not have been performed in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among whom you live shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Friends, trusting in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And let us stand for just a moment and pass the peace of Christ.
All right, some of you had a little more to say than peace, but that's, that's good. Before I invite us to the table and share uh, the context of this meal, I want to say to those of you who are parents who, who are used to having your children join you for communion, that's not happening today. They're not, being, they're not coming down and joining us. However, we, we value your desire to share uh, the Lord's Supper with your children. And so Emily will, immediately following the service, is going to take the elements up to the to the second floor where the landing is and the chairs um, on the, in the hallway. Everybody, hopefully those of you who know where, where I'm describing, um, and we will serve you there with your, with your children. And it would be fine for you to partake here and partake again there. There's no, there's no problem with sharing, having communion twice. Um, uh, so if that's your desire, then just know that that's, that's going to be made available following the service, okay? Um, that said, I want to remind you that when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples on the night he would be betrayed and, and would give his life in sacrifice for the world, um, he instructed his disciples. In fact, in John's gospel, you can read from chapter 13 all the way through 17, all that Jesus taught his disciples and conveyed to them. But then when the meal, the Passover meal came, Jesus did something remarkable. He took the theme of God's rescue and redemption of his people from Egypt, which the, which the, which the Seder meal commemorates and the Passover is, is all about. That's what the remembering of the Passover is all about. And he put a new emphasis. He put himself into the narrative and into the story. The rescue that God secured for his people Israel, Jesus is saying, I am doing that for you. We all need rescue from the grip of sin and the dominion of the devil. And, and Jesus was saying, I have come that you might be set free from that bondage and be made alive to God and all that is good. And he said, that's when he, so when he says the words, do this in remembrance of me, do this with me in mind. Remember what, and, and the irony is he says the word remember and yet he still is yet to enact the significance. They will later come to understand what, what he meant by giving his life for us. In every Christian tradition, we, we celebrate bread and cup together and different traditions have different meaning and emphasis when Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood. Uh, as Protestants and, and in the Reformed tradition, we see these more as symbols. That doesn't mean that they're without meaning because a true meaning of a symbol is it points to a reality greater than itself. So that in essence, Jesus is saying, this bread is my life, and this cup is my blood, and through this giving of myself, I will bring about the rescue that you need. While we might differ on what the meaning of those words are, all Christian traditions have this emphasis, that Jesus is present here with us, and because he is present, there is power available to all who partake of this meal and the power that this meal represents in each of our lives. In our tradition, we like to say Jesus is not so much the host on the table. In the Catholic tradition, they speak of the bread as the host as much as Jesus is present as the host serving us at this table. So all who humbly put your trust in Jesus, who desire his help, who wish to lead a holy life, who are truly sorry for your sins and wish to be delivered from the burden of them, you are invited and encouraged to come and partake of this meal, to find refreshment for your soul and encouragement um, as you take his life into your own and allow his life to be lived through you. 
These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us prepare to receive them. That night Jesus would be betrayed. He took bread similar to this and having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body given for you. So when you eat this, make it about me. Put the focus and the emphasis on my life-giving power at work in your life. In the same way, he took the cup and having given he took the cup later in the, in the supper and said, this cup represents the new covenant 
which is sealed in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. When you drink this, remember me. The Apostle Paul would later add the words, as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's saving power until he comes. You're going to be invited to come forward to receive communion, and there'll be four stations. The middle pew of the sanctuary has been removed, and so um, there's a whole space halfway down, so you don't have to come all the way forward. I know as Presbyterians, the thought of coming all the way forward is, is a long trek, but you only have to come halfway to meet Jesus. And then, <laughs> and then those of you in the front, you come forward as well. And then you all are so well-conditioned and trained having... I, I don't see too many people that don't regularly attend this service, but at, at 9 o'clock, everybody stood up all at once to come forward. I'm like, no, 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 just remain in your, in your pew until it's your turn, and you can, we're going to sing, uh, you can pray, you can use the time, and you can come forward whenever you feel ready to, uh, unless you have a whole row of people and you feel you're going to be blocking them, then it's up to you. But uh, just make your way forward as time when you're prepared and ready to do so. Um, then come to the station and someone will have bread or a wafer and you uh, take it and then dip it into the cup and then partake of it and return on the... So come down the center aisle and return on the outer aisle. If you have food allergies, we have a separate setting up here uh, so that you, you can... Um, uh, partake of the Lord's Supper there. So if that's the case, then do come all the way forward. Um, would those who are serving please come?
Pray. Lord, we do indeed give thanks for this important reminder that we belong to you, that in you we have life, not just life forever when we die, but life here and now, a new way of living no longer for ourselves, but for the one who gave his life for us. So, Lord, we pray that each and every day our lives might be a testimony of your grace at work in us and of your life-giving power given for the world. So, Lord, help us uh, as a community of faith to be people who are inviting others to you that they too may celebrate this feast in your kingdom, we pray in Christ's name and for his glory. Amen. Our next reading is an early Christian hymn which includes four statements and each has an early clause about our behavior as followers of Jesus followed by the response of God in Christ. And each seems to flow very logically until the very end where the logic is abruptly shattered on purpose. That statement begins, if we are faithless, which the reader expects to be followed by a statement of God's judgment, but instead we read that God in Christ remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So here our text from 2 Timothy. The saying is sure, if we have died with Christ, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Friends, this is the gospel of Christ. Amen. We are living in anxious times. We don't know what's happening next from day to day, minute to minute. The world is ever more in need of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel that tells that night always gives way to the dawn, that war will give way to peace that death is always shattered by life, that every day God is doing a new thing, every minute of every day God is at work around us and within us, for the homeless a place to live, for the hungry a feast, for the thirsty a cup of cold clean water that runneth over, for the weary rest. For the lonely, a friend. For the sick, healing and wholeness. Every minute of every day, God is making all things new. Giving and giving and giving again. And you are called, we are called, to be a part of God's work of generosity. We are called to give, to surrender our time, our talent, our treasure to this work of God's, of making all things new. We are called to give. This morning's offering will now be given and received.
Let us join in a time of prayer. Let us pray. We come, O God, today concerned about the world that you loved and redeemed through Christ, your Son. As Jesus pronounced your blessing on peacemakers, on the poor, and called us to seek justice and mercy, we come today to pray that through your servants and in ways beyond our understanding, you would continue to enact your kingly reign among us. Hear us, O God, as we pray for a world filled with conflict and injustice, poverty, and need. Hear us as we pray silently.
oh God, while you, we seek to let your love and mercy shine through us, you also call us corporately and individually to become enthusiastic ambassadors for Christ, helping others hear and experience the good news of your grace and love for us in Christ in spite of our sins. So hear us as we pray for the Christian Church Universal, that she would be a beacon of light and hope in a world which often seems dark and hopeless. Hear us, O God. finally, loving God, we pray for ourselves, our families, our friends, with the variety of needs and concerns, knowing you are anxious to hear and respond to our requests. Hear us. All these prayers, O oh God, those spoken aloud, those spoken in the depths of our hearts, we bring to you in the name of Christ. And we say together, amen. Please stand and join us.
worship, if you'd like to pray with someone, Bruce is here from our worship prayer team to pray with you. Just make your way forward to do so. We hope that you'll take time after the service to have some refreshments in the sanctuary entrance and, and share some fellowship together. As you go, remember these words from the prophet, I mean, from God through the prophet Zephaniah. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. Um, he takes great delight in you, and he will renew you in his love and exalt over you with loud singing. Amen.